And I suddenly remembered this article that I read while in Australia. And uh, I said, told him about it, and I said, uh, be quite a good bit of fun if um, we, we could devise some way of making a, a circular mark in the cornfields here and uh, sort of arouse a bit of interest. Uh, people would think that a, a UFO had landed during the night when they discovered it the next morning. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. Hi, I'm Kate Scully from Mulder and Scully. Very topical. Um, it is. Kate, I'm melting. I don't know if you've read about the recent heat wave in Los Angeles. Like, say it like a witch. I can't say it like a witch. I'm melting. <laughs> like from Wizard of Oz. I'm melting. You can say it good because uh, you got the witch's cackle. I've also been practicing my crone voice for probably since I was about 12. I've been practicing to be an old crone. I can say it like an old Jew. It's Go so hot outside. I'm schwitzing everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, but no, it is. It's like literally 104 degrees Fahrenheit outside. I don't know what that is in Celsius for uh, for for the English. It's people. hot, but it's yeah, it's hot. All right, um, mental. It's crazy. It, I don't think I've ever. It, it's almost like temperatures that you'd you'd experience in Arizona or the Palm Desert. I refuse we'll to leave my to house. It, mate. I refuse to leave my house all day. I'm sitting here in the AC. But speaking of that, um, since I've just been in my house all day. I kind of fell into this internet wormhole um, yesterday night, and we all do it. Yeah, I was researching, you know, topics for you know for this week's show. Actually, it was a couple nights ago. I was researching topics for this week's show, and I came across a Daily Mail article where they interviewed these two young women, one named Bridget Nielsen, not that one, oh, oh. <laughs> um, and another one named Aluna Verse, and okay. uh, they both believe. Aliens have been harvesting their DNA to create a hybrid race that will better humanity. Are these two hot? They actually are kind of attractive in a hippie sort of way. The the one yeah, the you... universe is like she's from LA and she's like twenty three years old. You want to harvest the hot ones? Like I would like to think that I I'm a superior being, an extra because extraterrestrials are always superior superior to us, aren't they? I would harvest the hot ones. Yeah, I mean, if I was an alien, I was just like, uh, I'm not going to go, you know, and, 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 and shag the, you know, the, the, the heifers. I'm, I'm going to go, come do down it. and be like, yeah, I want to, that girl looks like a, you know attractive woman. I'd do it. You want the, the attractive ones. Yep, why not? Um, and men as well. You want the Brad Pitts. But it opens up a lot of questions, you know, like, first of all, how are they having sex? Is it something that, uh, you know, there is it artificial insemination? Are they actually, you know... You know, doing it doggy style. Like, I want to know these questions. So I reached out to them, and uh, I don't think either one of them have much of an online presence these days. Bridget Nielsen does have a website, and she talks about her hybrid, her hybrid kids. She also like paints pictures of all of. She has like twenty nine. She's yeah. She she wow. is into it. Yeah. Um, and she also says like it's mind blowing the sex that she has with these extraterrestrials. Uh, but these these hybrid kids she doesn't raise them 
she just basically just you know gives birth to them, and then the uh, the extraterrestrials take them to uh, to their spaceship, and that's where they live, which is seems like a good deal to me. I'd be done with that. Um, but occasionally they're abducted to 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 visit them. But my question is, it's like, how are these kids conceived? I wanted to know that, and so I reached out to both of them. Never heard back, but I read in 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 the interview in the Daily Mail. She says, sometimes all it takes is a ship will be passing in the night and she'll experience an ache in the ovaries. Boom, pregnant. No. That's how it works. That is how it works, especially um, when uh, it's fleet week and the sailors come to town. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, isn't that Bill Cosby's technique? Um, that's terrible. That's a terrible, <laughs> terrible joke. I didn't mean that. I don't think Bill Cosby actually impregnated anyone. Hopefully not. I would hope not because he's an asshole. And, and at least like victims. the aliens are like, these kids are going to be ours and we're going to raise them properly because you human beings are scum and we're better than you. I'm kind of down with it. But Nielsen told the Daily Mail about one of her sexual encounters. She had aboard a spaceship on like a galactic waterbed. I made that up. They have water beds. No, they, oh, they don't. Damn it, you got me excited then. I'm um, imagining that even they have the wood-burning fire. It's in a log. They make their spaceships look like a log cabin. There's a wood-burning fire. There's scented candles. There's champagne. There's a bearskin rug. There's Telly Savalas on the record player, and that's how they do it as well because that is a, an age-old test seduction technique. Well, it's almost like a hologram, you know, like in a Star Trek, a hologram deck. That's what I'm assuming, like a heart-shaped bed, you know, bearskin yep. rug. You got some Telly Savalas or Barry White, and then you, yeah, then you get it on. And she, Bridget Nielsen, described it as an incredible, super primal, super raw sexual experience. There was really a freedom, and we were really going for it. It was the best oh. sex she ever had. Oh my! So I mean, I'm I'm thinking multiple positions. He lasted long. He wasn't like you know a a, a minute man here. I think this this. He wasn't Preacher. an Earth man. Let's put it like that. <laughs> he wasn't an, a typical Earth guy, and I'm speaking from experience here. Um, but yeah, no, you know, and uh, and and apparently these aliens are only interested in making it with younger generations of women. Oh, so they're Leonardo DiCaprio. That's what I'm wondering. Do you think he's an alien? He definitely could be an alien because he, you know, weird... you turn 25, you're cut off. He's got this weird triangular shaped face. You know, he doesn't appear to age like normal humans. I must tell everyone, uh, everyone who's listening right now, to just like to stop the podcast and Google Leonardo DiCaprio's dad, and you are very welcome. Do you think he's possibly an alien? He, his dad, dad is one hundred percent an alien. That's that's or a hybrid, and maybe that's why he's like, I only want women under twenty five. Can't say it makes I, sense. Can't now. say I blame him for that. I want you know. to. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> you know, once they get over twenty-five, there's all sorts of problems. Like Women age car. like fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Bridget Nielsen and Luna First believe that there are millions of women around the globe who are mothers to hybrid children without even knowing it. I mean, you know, I could be. Yeah, some signs to look out for if, is if you think your womb might have been un- unknowingly abducted. Do you have reoccurring dreams about doctor's offices or classrooms no, or false no. pregnancies? No, I have none of those things. If well, I think I have the opposite of those dreams. Well, that's what I was wondering, Kate Rambo. I, I, I know you've been pregnant approximately, what, eight to 12 times. Do you, yeah. th- do you think that any of these pregnancies could have been from an alien or an extraterrestrial? 
sadly, no, I know they were all by horrible, horrible Earthmen. And that's why they, I never made it to full term. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you pregnant you, you many just, times and never you, to you ended them. Well, you never know. I mean, and there's a way you can find out, actually, because I'm sure some of those you're so drunk, you probably don't even remember the conception. Um, but there's there's ways you can find out. You could be hypnotically regressed. I've, oh, I have actually wanted to be um, hypnotically regressed. I've actually always wanted to be hypnotized because I can lucid dream, right? So they always say that those who can lucid dream are just a joy to hypnotize because it should be so easy. Well, I'm already brain malleable. So as I was doing research about these alien hybrid children, I found I came across this woman's website, um, a psychotherapist by the name of Barbara Lamb. She's also an author and one of the world's foremost crop circle researchers, actually. Um, but what she does, she performs hypnotic regression on alien abductees, many of whom claim to be mothers to alien hybrid children. But they can't recall a lot of these incidents unless they're under hypnosis. Okay. So she like does she like reunite them or something? Well, she I think what she does is she allows them to access these like repressed memories or these unconscious memories that they didn't even know they had. Okay. So so these people reach out to Barbara through her website and say, I'm having these type of experiences. I want to understand why what what's the source of these feelings. Like I'm having dreams about going to a doctor's office or, you know, or, or something even like biological, you know, they, and so they reach out to her and she has a, does a, a hypnotic regression and it some, oftentimes gives them closure or a deeper understanding of uh, what might've occurred, be it an alien encounter or being an, an alien impregnation, you know, you know, there's nothing wrong with introspection. I have recurring dreams about bashing a man's head in with a metal baseball bat until it's pulp. So I should maybe go to her and get regressed and ask what that's all about. Are one of these uh, one of these men's, you know, the fathers of your uh, boarded fetuses? No, it's always an old. It's always an old man, like not old, old. He always has a mustache and like white hair. You know who he kind of looks like? He kind of looks Colonel like um, Phantasm. The, the oh, that guy. All right. As long as it's yeah. not an old tattooed Jew, I'm happy. No, um, it's, it's a phantasm, man. Anyway, I reached out to Barbara and, uh, and, and um, asked her if she'd be willing to come on the show and chat with us about alien abductions, hybrid children, crop circles. And uh, surprisingly, she said yes. So we're going to get to that in about one second. But first, I just want to say you know big ups to everybody out there on the patreon who have been supporting the show every week um and i implore you people that aren't on patreon go check out the uh the sick and wrong second show it was off the rails this week mainly because of kate rambo i have been like anyone who um if anyone out there has ever quit sugar I, like my hat's off to you because I don't even eat or consume that much sugar. But the minuscule amount that I have kicked out of my body has just like control. This has been worse than when I gave up smoking. Yeah, no, I but, mean, it's, it's 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 not easy. It, it isn't. Yeah, it isn't. I've been so narky and my moods have been crazy. Like one minute I'm suicidal and the next I'm like cry laughing at something. I think it's you need worse some, than smoking. I think you need some Jägermeister. That's what, that's what you need. That's what the doctor you know, ordered. No, it's not even necessarily that type of sugar. What I need is a black and white Kit Kat. That's all I am thinking about is a black and white Kit Kat. Well, this week on the second show, we chat about Kate buying a refrigerator, a dwarf-sized <laughs> refrigerator from an Indian restaurant. 
Um, <laughs> Kate's favorite crackhead coworker. We talk about my coworker who had her laptop stolen by a crackhead. Um, also, uh, JoJo's coming into town this week for the Rainbow's Backyard Bash, which is uh, headlined by Lita Ford. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. And we also do a special phone call dedication. First time I've ever done that, actually. A special oh. phone call dedication to Glasgow Greg. Well, Oliver, the patron, was for Glasgow Greg this week because I had True Crime Kent on, and we we like had a chat. But then we did a Lord Byron in Glasgow okay, Greg. Yeah, there you go. Wow, ode to Glasgow Greg. But yes, I think that the the call that I played, one particular call on the second show, <laughs> is a dedication to Glasgow Greg. It's a call that I've been saving for over three years. It's a very special phone call. It's a special moment. Uh, but second show's a lot of fun, you know? It's a bit saucier than the main show. I would say sick and wrong, and I've said this before. It's a good analogy for the show. It's a lot like a mullet. Business up front, party in the back. Exactly. You know? It's more so laid it's only, back. It's just two people shooting the shit. Five bucks a month. That's all it is. And for a few bucks more, you can get uh, access to the sick and wrong archives, as well as sick and wrong overkill, which is our bonus mini-sode. And this week, uh, Kate Rambo sat down and chatted with a fellow podcaster, True Crime Kent. Oh my! I've just totally been binging True Crime Kent. Uh, Deadbug interviewed him, and he's interviewed Deadbug a few times. So that's how I got uh, to know him. But you know, when like people will know this, you don't listen to podcasts, you don't know. But no, you'll start listening podcasts. to a podcast, and just instantly, within the first five minutes, you're like, "We're mates." There's no like me and this guy. We could go for like a beer and chat and eat pretzels together. That's True Crime Kent. So we ended up talking for like four hours. I think the the main reason I think a lot of people are uh, attracted to podcasts is because you can actually communicate with the hosts and it is kind of like forming a friendship. And a lot of people that, that have listened to this show for, what, 16 years, it's like we know them personally. And I, and yeah. I think it's cool as I made a lot of I made a, you know, friends, met my wife through the show, Wackley met his wife through the show. So you can develop like very meaningful relationships through a podcast that you don't really have that type of rapport with like a you know a classic radio show or a satellite radio show or yeah. television program well for you know? anyone wanting a new podcast true crime kent is fucking awesome and he's got the operator with him who is also very funny and it's just great you'll binge it and then check out everything else on 1159 media it's all good jack luna's there people will know jack luna it's great yeah they're a cool network 1159 media so definitely Super people cool. go check it out um so anyway let me play one of my favorite patreon promos and then we will chat with Barbara Lamb. Do you need more sick and wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a sick and wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Hi, Barbara. It's Dee and Kate. How are you? Fine, thank you. Nice to be with you. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. I, I know uh, I, I um, read that you're in Southern California, so hopefully it's not as hot in, in your area in San Diego as it is in Los Angeles right now. No, it's probably a little bit cooler, but um, when I opened my curtains this morning, 
the outside thermometer said 102. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so about 100. Know. It's I about haven't 104. been out, actually. Well, it's uh, autumn here. It's cold here. <laughs> yeah, Kate's in England. So, <laughs> North, And you're in northern England? Yeah, I'm in the very north. And it's it's officially, it was dark. It's been raining. It's autumn. The leaves <laughs> oh. are falling. <laughs> yeah, it's 104 in Los Angeles today. So I'm staying indoors, too. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Barbara, you, I'm, I've read that you're a licensed psychotherapist who specializes in hypnotic regression therapy. Can you explain how this type of therapy works? Well, first of all, I think we're very, very fortunate to have this particular means of working with people. So people will come with an issue or sometimes more than one issue, but something that they want to find out more about. And so um, we will discuss that for a while and then we'll do the regression, which means that the person lies down in a very comfortable position uh, on a bed or on my sofa if they're here for a session in person. I also do them on online, on Zoom and Skype and FaceTime, uh, because a lot of people want sessions and they're really very, very far away from where I am in San Diego. So uh, the person will lie down and I'll state what we're looking for and and then, in other words, the subject of the regression. Then I give about 15 minutes or so of nice, relaxing suggestions. And the person is relaxing and going deeper and deeper into relaxation and closer and closer to the subconscious part of the person's mind. Now, it's important to know that the subconscious part of the mind of any of us records everything that we experience in any way. And it even records those things that may have happened to us that we were not consciously aware of. Like, are you saying like in a different life, like a previous life? Well, it could be. Uh, sometimes the regressions will take us into past lives depending on what the person's issue is that they want to work with. So I was trained for five years as a past life regression therapist. And this was back in the, the mid to late 1980s. And then in 1991, uh, people started coming to me for regressions to, for extraterrestrial encounters that they were having. I'm still doing both types of regressions. Uh, most of them are for people's paranormal experiences and uh, experiences with other beings whom we refer to as extraterrestrial or other dimensional. Um, and sometimes other people will come for past life regression. So I, I continue to do all of that very happily. Okay, so a person is lying down there going through all the relaxation suggestions mm -hmm. for several minutes. And when when I can see, I can tell by their breathing uh, that they're nice and relaxed. I count down from 10 down to number one, saying that when we get to number one, they will be back in time 
at the incident that they might have been wondering about that had already happened. So, um, and then to find out all the details, to have a sense in the regression of reliving that earlier experience. Like, for instance, uh, many people who are adults in their 40s, 50s, 60s, or 70s uh, will come and they've been thinking all of these decades about something peculiar that used to happen to them when they were children, like waking up in the night, for instance, and uh, seeing unusual beings in the room or remembering sort of being taken out through the closed window or the, the solid wall and into the air and then into some sort of a flying craft. And they might remember a few moments of that, or they might remember that those visitors, shall we say, um, have come many times during their not only their childhood, but their teenage years and their adult years too. And they might be wondering, or they might more currently find an unusual marking on their body. And they just don't know where that came from. They're very curious about that. Or they may have a period of missing time for an hour or hour and a half or two hours and wonder, well, what happened? You know, it's like a blank. I was conscious, awake, going about my day, even in many cases, being with other people. And then suddenly the next thing they knew, it's couple of hours later and the people they were with have gone and maybe it was afternoon when this began and now it's dark so they knew that some time had passed so anyway there are lots of reasons why people wonder what's going on for them and have they what are these experiences that happen so we'll choose one of those in a regression so are are they trying to understand like repressed memories like trying to or relive like a, a period of trauma is that like how many of these experiences were traumatic for them well some of them i wouldn't say all by any means but uh but some of them are and the the great thing about it is that usually if somebody has been traumatized by an experience of this sort once they eventually get around to doing the regression and have a sense of reliving it and being returned home and going on with their lives. Um, and now, now they know the details. They know what the beings look like. And they have a real sense of what was done when they were with the beings on a craft. And um, so once it comes into their conscious awareness, they can process it. And I have found again and again that a person who was previously very traumatized about this, uh, once it's kind of up into the light of their consciousness, um, and they can talk about it, they can emote about it if they need to, um, that they have a way of working through it, and it's no longer really traumatic. So a person doesn't have to be stuck with the trauma. 
have you personally had an encounter with an ET? I was about to ask that. (laughs) Yes, I have. Now, I'm not the typical experiencer, as we call them, um, in that I did not have them in infancy or childhood or growing up. I didn't have an experience until I was well into my adult life in 1994. And the reason why I had that experience is that I had been told by a real extraterrestrial being who came talking, channeling through uh, one of my clients who came for many years. And he told me that if I wanted to, I could be taken for the making of a crop circle because he knew I was going to England every summer to experience and research the crop circles. And he also knew that I was working with a lot of people who had extraterrestrial encounters. So he told me that I could be taken for the making of a crop circle. He told me how to communicate with the beings without even knowing who the beings were or where they were, but they were certainly not here on earth. And um, so I did that. And then lo and behold, uh, one night over there in England that summer, 1994, I was taken from the bedroom of the little inn that I was staying in. And then the next morning, I was with a group of people. It was a conference group. And we all got on a double-decker bus and rode for about 45 minutes I was sitting up as high as I could on the top floor of the double-decker bus so I could look out over the fields. I was always on the lookout for a new crop circle (laughs) and saw one in a field that we went by. And make a long story short, uh, three friends and I went back into that crop circle. Well, it turned out after I got home again from England and had a colleague regress me to that experience of that crop circle, which I was the first one to discover, and we were the first people to go into it. That was the one that I had been taken for the making of a few several hours earlier in the middle of the previous night. So that was very exciting. Anyway, having had that contact with those particular beings, then I'm I'm surmising that the news sort of went out amongst extraterrestrial beings. We know some of them, many of the different species belong to the Galactic Federation. Is that like Star which Trek? Is sort, of, sort of in a way like our United Nations with, you know, members from various countries all over the world. And yet not all countries are members. That's the same with the Galactic Federation, that many planetary civilizations belong to it, and then some don't. They're considered renegade, and they don't deserve to be part of that council. So anyway, I have been thinking that once I had that one experience with that group of few beings who were making that particular crop circle, that somehow other beings knew about me that that kind of brought their attention 
to this particular human being. And um, then about three years later, I had another experience. And about 10 years after that, 11 years after that, um, I had another one. And I had one happen in the middle of the day, a very bright, sunny day in Southern California. Uh, and suddenly there was a being standing in the middle of my living room. I was absolutely surprised because I knew I was home alone and that I kept the doors locked when I'm home alone. And um, But anyway, here was this being. I walked into the living room. There he was, mm. just standing there, smiling, looking wonderful. And he was a reptilian being. Oh. And usually I would be really be freaked out yeah, by reptilian. a reptile taller than I am <laughs> standing there in my living room. And I'd heard some less than favorable things about reptilians from some of my clients. Some of the reptilians were favorable but to us humans, but definitely not all of them. But this guy just looks so friendly and wonderful. And I went right over to him without hesitation. And he had his hand out for a handshake. And I held that hand. And he talked to me telepathically for, I would guess, five or six minutes. And the point of that visit was not to take me away um, or, you know, uh, poke and probe or investigate my body or anything. It was simply to give me an experience with one of the beings when I was conscious, awake, alert, and in the light of day, so that I would be, in my own mind, totally reassured and validated that all of the work I had been doing with other experiencers in regressing them to their experiences, that that all of this was really true. Yeah, aware of their really existence. Are, there really are, whether we humans believe it or not, there really are plenty of extraterrestrial beings that do come and visit particular people. They don't visit everybody on Earth, but they do visit millions all over the Earth. So which species have you, so, uh, have you encountered? So reptilians, have you encountered greys or Nordics? And the blues? <laughs> well, um, in the first experience uh, taken for the making of a crop circle, those beings would be more like the gray type of beings. Type. And, and yet I never did see the three beings who actually took me because they were always behind me. Even when I was on the UFO, they stood behind me. I never really got a good look at them. But um, the two piloting this ship, it was a fairly small ship, only maybe about 20 or 25 feet in diameter, I would estimate, for the making of a crop circle. And um, the, the two being sitting ahead of me appeared to me to be um, shorter, thin beings, kind of that grayish, tannish skin, and would be more like the typical gray types. Um, so there are so many different species that I think that they were maybe in the very huge category of 
gray beings, but not like the little grays that yeah, just... we tend to hear about a lot. Yeah. So um, then in the next experience, my car and I were taken. I was driving my car on a California freeway, the 101 freeway. Oh, yeah. From Santa Barbara, coming back toward Claremont, mm -hmm. California, where I lived. And it was midnight. And anyway, a craft, a small craft landed on the edge of the freeway. Although, as I drove by it, to me, it looked like a great big silver trailer truck. Okay. And uh, I, it didn't occur to me that it could be a UFO, which it turned out that it was. But, you know, they, the beings and their craft have a way of uh, disguising themselves, looking like Camouflage. something else. This is very, very typical. Many, many people have experienced this. So this looked like a big commercial trailer truck. Turned out that it wasn't. But anyway, just past that truck as I was driving along, suddenly there was a big a flash of light across my windshield and it looked like a cord or something stretched diagonally across the window and all of this in one second this huge light right there by the windshield this cord or whatever it was and a crack my windshield was actually cracked right in front of where i was at the driver's wheel and uh, then it turned out later i found in regression that that's when my car and I were taken up in a beam of light into a small craft. And um, and in that experience, there were lots of little beings. I don't know what the name of that group would be, but uh, they were kind of a bluish, silvery color and with big heads. They're very short, oh, probably only about three or three and a half feet tall. And uh, very thin, and but big, big heads, big eyes, very big, uh, beautiful sort of almond-shaped eyes that tilted up a bit at the outer edge. And those eyes seem to be like a, a deep blue, a cobalt blue. Anyway, these little beings, there were probably about 20 or 30 of them that suddenly rushed toward the car once we were on the craft. And I thought they were absolutely adorable and funny. They were so curious. They were climbing all over the car and looking in all the windows. And they opened the passenger door, even though I know I had locked it. And uh, sat on the passenger seat. And two more opened the driver's door, even though I know I had locked it. And ushered me out and into another room uh, where the little beings gathered around. And then there was a tall white being who uh, said, you probably wonder why you're here. And by the way, they had um, brought sort of a metal looking helmet type of thing down from high up on a pole and had placed it snugly around my head like, like a helmet. And then I was feeling this electrical current coming through the helmet and running through my whole body, but especially in my head. So then there was a, a very tall white being be, uh, standing up past the small ones. 
And he said, you probably wonder why you're here and what's going on, referring to this electrical yeah, current I would be feeling. wondering that. And yes. then he said, oh, don't worry, we're not harming you in any way. We're simply taking information from your brain. And that is, we're taking only the information that you know from all the work that you have been doing with people who visit, uh, who get visited by those of us from space. And uh, some of us are very, very interested in what these people have found out about those visits. So the woman who was regressing me to those details uh, was an excellent woman uh, named Dolores Cannon. Many people who are interested in this whole field know of the many books that Dolores Cannon has written and the hypnotic regression work that she did. And um, that she was regressing me to that experience because I knew some pretty peculiar things that happened, including the crack in the windshield, which remained. I mean, it really was cracked. <laughs> and I had to have the windshield replaced. I was about to say, the aliens should have fixed that. So, anyway, um, she was asking questions, as she always did. Dolores, she was a great investigator, as well as a wonderful regression person. And um, so as she asked questions during the whole session, which went on for about two hours, um, she asked one question after the other, and the being would answer the questions. Oh. So all of that material that came through that regression, <clears throat> she added into her book, which she was just oh, finishing at the time, uh, her book called The Custodians. Anyway, the being gave so much information about him and their way of life or, you know, his group, and then about other beings and about the whole phenomenon. And he said, if you would like more information. Oh, no. I think Barbara paused. She has paused. She's paused for me. Barbara, are you there? Oh, she's not been taken. <laughs> I don't know. She might have been abducted. That's terrible. Oh, there, Barbara, are you Hello, back? Hello, Barbara. Hello. Okay. Did okay. you lose connection? Did you lose us? Yes, I wasn't touching anything, but it suddenly okay, it might have been. We were worried anyway. you might have been abducted, so I'm glad that you're still here. Everything's cool. Yeah, I really want to ask you, so you were mentioning that there's like renegades that aren't yeah. part of the Galactic Federation. So do they come and visit us? Are they maybe ones that do bad things? Or are they out for something else? Like a nefarious race. Well, I think uh, some of them would be out doing something else uh, without bothering to do anything with Earth or people from Earth. But uh, some of them uh, do come here, like some of the little gray aliens that seem to be sort of heartless. Um, in other words, they're very scientific and they're wanting to know a lot about the physical bodies of us humans and our emotions. They like to study us. And they're the probers. It seems sort of robotic, uh, sort of cold-hearted. Mm -hmm. That's how people experience them. Uh, so we're talking about uh, the typical little gray beings. 
So uh, those beings are considered renegade and are not part of the Galactic Federation. And then also some of the reptilian beings are considered more renegade and are not part of that federation. Um, they're more aggressive. Uh, they're very interested in uh, power. They, they're more arrogant. And so these types that I'm mentioning right now uh, are just the opposite of many of the extraterrestrial beings whom we're finding out more and more that more and more of them are very high consciousness, spiritually aware, benevolent, loving beings. There are many of that type of beings in the cosmos. And so the Galactic Federation is made up of those beings whom we would certainly consider to be much more positive and more helpful to each other and helpful to us. Is is Earth a part of the Galactic Federation? Like, do we have any members from, like, you know, the U.S. government, for example? No. No. Are we considered renegades? We, you know, I've heard from a number of these different kinds of beings in the regressions. Um, I've heard that some of them would very much like Earth to be able to be part of it, but we're not evolved enough. This you know, we're of. too involved with aggressivity and wars and murders and satanic cults and mm -hmm. pedophilia and greed and avarice and grabs for control. You know, really fierce, fierce, fierce competition. So they see us as a very unevolved species, we humans. I and I can understand that. And, yeah. yeah, in many ways, I think that's true. I think we're very unevolved. And yet, on the other hand, there are many humans, as we all know, who are wonderfully evolved. And they've been for centuries creating incredible art and architecture and music and dance and poetry and writing and, you know, all of the arts um, and, you know, to beautify life. And, and yet we do have these negative aspects too, mm -hmm. which are very dominant in the entire world culture. So anyway, um, a number of these beings of different species of extraterrestrials have expressed that we've got a lot of evolving to do as a human species before we could even begin to qualify for that federation. Well, I fully agree. I mean, if we can't get along with each other, how are we going to be able to get along with other species and, you know, technologically yeah. advance our culture? But a question about that, though. So if they, you know, feel that we're unevolved, why do they come and make hybrid children with us? Because so you're telling me a lot of the people that you regress sometimes have are alien hybrids themselves or have had experiences with hybrid children. Yes, well, both of them. First of all, um, some of the species have really concentrated on a reproduction program of, of creating hybrids with humans and with them, their material. And those hybrids 
mostly um, are living on the ships with them because they're not human enough in proportion, you know, to really survive here and or to be accepted here. Well, they would they would look too different, you know. Okay, However, so they okay, don't look like humans. It's one type of hybrids. Many, many, many people I know, and many whom I've regressed, have found out that they do have hybrid children that are living on the ship, and sometimes they get to visit those hybrid children when they're taken on the ships, and but most of the time they don't get to see them because those children cannot survive here. Okay, that's one whole group of Mm -hmm. hybrids. There's another group, too, in which the hybrids can live here. And that's because they are mostly human. And either before conception, uh, they're made as a little embryo. I mentioned earlier with the mother's eggs and the father's sperm mixed in with extraterrestrial DNA. And then that's implanted in the mother's womb back here on Earth. And that's one way of creating one of these hybrids who lives here. And the other way I think I mentioned is uh, that the mother um, well into the pregnancy, maybe month seven, eight or almost nine, um, is taken on the ship and injected with extraterrestrial DNA. And then that fetus is hybridized. So they're all born here and raised here like we all are. and But they have some different characteristics, even though in every case that I know of, of hybrids, they look like very, very human people. But they all, uh, from a very, very earliest age, have felt convinced that somehow they're real parents, their real family is out there in space rather than in their own home. And they've all from a very early age realized that they do things a little differently, like they see auras around people, the energy field around people. And gradually during childhood, they realize that not everybody sees that. In fact, hardly anybody they meet uh, sees auras on a regular basis. So are any of these women or mothers of the hybrid children, are they having any like sexual contact with the aliens? Because I read about these two women who have actually had physical intercourse with some of these extraterrestrial beings. Is that possible? Yes, it is possible. And um, a number of the people who have come to me, both women and men, and men too, have had those experiences when they're taken on the craft. Now, the offspring Mm -hmm. from those unions, uh, those hybrids, they uh, stay on the ship. They're not among the ones who can actually live here. Oh, because they don't look human. human. In other words, they would be, those hybrids, children from those unions, would be half extraterrestrial and half human. And that's not human enough to live here and the beings who arrange all this who are involved with this they want those hybrids to live there you see i think part of this whole thing is that there are definitely a number of races out there who are very very interested in planet earth 
and in human beings. And they see us as really quite unique as human beings because we have such a range of emotion and so much strength of emotion. And most of those species whom we call extraterrestrials just do not have that component of emotion like we do, or certainly not nearly as strong. They're like Spock from Star Trek. Yeah, Yeah, like like Dr. Spock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, I think, a very good example of that. And very smart, incredibly smart, um, and knowing so much, very, very capable, very responsible, and didn't have much emotion, or didn't have any, I think. So from those those beings, many of them are extremely interested in us and all the arts and creativity that we have here and the variety. And um, they also look at planet Earth, I've been told, by an extraterrestrial. They, they look at planet Earth as a really unique planet because we have more species on planet Earth, species and subspecies and sub-subspecies of everything, all kinds of life here. And we have so much life, so many different forms that on this one planet, we have more different species than all of the planets in all of creation added up together. In other words, there are a lot of planets that have life even growing life, you know, plant life and so forth, mm-hmm. um, and and being life. Uh, but if you add them all up together, they don't even come near to the number of species that we have here on Earth. So they consider this a very unique place. A lot of them are very interested in us and very curious about us. Um, so... I, I can see why being as, as advanced as they are in travel and in uh, intelligence uh, that that you know that a lot of them would come here and want to learn a lot about us. Yeah, I, I can. I, that's completely understandable. I mean, from a scientific perspective, Earth is a place you yeah. want to study. So let's talk about crop circles for a bit. Um, yes. I know you've studied crop circles for almost thirty years. What, yeah. what do you, so do you think the cause of this mysterious phenomenon, it, like extraterrestrial spaceships, like ships are, cause, are, are creating these crop circles? Well, I must say, first of all, I don't think anybody in the world absolutely knows for sure. But I feel convinced that they are coming from some other very intelligent source. And it's also a source that knows a lot about us and our mentality and many of our fields of study. So there have been witnesses uh, that have seen, they didn't know this was going to happen, but they happened to be outside and see that there would be a beam of light coming down from the sky and it seemed to be coming right down into a field of growing crop. And in some cases, it's been daylight enough, like late afternoon, 
um, for the person, the witness to see that the beam of light seemed to be coming from what looked like a round, roundish, maybe disc-shaped metallic craft. Now, some other crop circles, while they were being made and witnessed in the making, uh, it didn't show anything like that. In some cases, it seemed to be like a, a pathway of wind that would be blowing off over the top of the crop field. And then at a certain point, it would stop that no object seen, but just this wind riffling over the top of the crop and then stopping. And then the witness could see that the crop was lowering down in that area. And then after it was all over, which only took several seconds, by the way, uh, the person would walk out into the field where they had seen this and noticed, oh my goodness, here's a new crop circle. So that's been witnessed. Also, there have been a few witnessings of what we would call orbs or balls of light flying around over the surface of the crop and, and uh, making the crop circle. In, in one case, it seemed like the orb of light was maybe at the level of the top of the crop and then lowering down as it was lowering down the blades of the crop into a circle. And then there were orbs coming from behind a hedge at the end of that field. This was 1996 in Wiltshire County, England. And these two orbs came over that part of the field where the first one was laying down a circle. And then it created a beautiful six-pointed uh, pattern, like it spokes of a bicycle almost, coming out perfectly, perfectly spaced, perfectly sized with each other, like, like a spoke with a circle at the end. And then two other balls of light, or maybe the same ones having returned, we don't know, swooped over the field, over the crop, and then these six spokes radiated out even further with another circle added along the spokes. Anyway, it turned out to be a beautiful, perfect uh, six-spoked pattern of circles and these spokes. And um, that whole pattern took seven seconds oh, to fast. lay down. Yeah, that's I mean, it's just amazing, absolutely. So th those are some of the things that have been witnessed. But in any event, you know, we we wonder who's responsible for this. Do you think it could possibly be a hoax? Like it could be humans? Like Kate yeah. actually brought this up yesterday. When I was oh yes, I'm, yeah. I'm I was going to ask how you feel about Doug and Dave because they came out and said that they invented crop circles, didn't they? Yes, they said that, and they said they made all the crop, the crop circles. Have you ever met them? No, no, but no. I have I have met other young men who, after Doug and Dave, and still uh, go out into the fields. I've had long, long conversations with some of them. And um, they, they, it's very interesting about them. I think there's a lot of ego involved there that oh yeah well we can make these crop circles and some of them i think began uh back in the early 1990s 
to try to disprove that there was something paranormal or maybe coming from space, you know, um, about these crop circles. So they wanted to prove that they were all man-made, as Doug and Dave had said in uh, 1991 and 1990. And um, so there was some sort of chutzpah, some sort of (laughs) ego stuff going on there. Sounds like it. And yet, as the years have gone on, uh, some of these young men have told me that there were some paranormal things going on affecting them and influencing them to go out and make a crop circle. Like one of them will be sleeping at night and wake up with a voice in his head saying, get up right now, go to such and such a field. They'd mention the location and and make a, a corn circle. In England, they call them corn circles. <clears throat> we call them crop circles. But um, so he would call his buddies and they would get together their little team uh, of hoaxers and go out and make it. So there's that. And then uh, sometimes paranormal things happen to them when they're actually in a field in the middle of the night making a crop circle. Uh, Like in one case, there was a real glowing effervescent ball of light, white light that was in the field heading right toward one of the hoaxers as he was laying down the crop with a big instrument. And he, you know, didn't know what it would do if it actually came and hit him. So he ran out of the field. And the other ones were kind of spooked too, you know, watching this. Uh, Nobody was actually harmed as it turned out, but they didn't know what they were dealing with, of course. And um, sometimes they uh, get messages, even like in the evening, about they'll get a picture. They experience it as being downloaded into their head, a picture of a new crop circle pattern. And that person who receives the download will immediately draw it on paper. And if he's one of these hoaxers, he'll call his buddies and uh, share the picture. And then they will go out. They feel that they've been instructed from somewhere, somehow, someone uh, to make this particular pattern. pattern as a crop circle. So in a way, I think that Knowing all that, we have to consider that the hoaxers maybe are part of the messages or the deliverer of the messages in the crop circles, because a lot of the crop circles certainly have symbols that seem to be meaningful. Uh, We can recognize some of them uh, from our earthly point of view, and a lot of them we don't really recognize. We don't know what they mean but they seem to have meaning as if we are being given messages. Yeah. That's what I was wondering about crop circles. Like, is it, is it just for aesthetics or is it like possibly extraterrestrial beings are kind of tagging, you know, that we've been here kind of like, um, you know, a lot of ne'er-do-well teens tag a wall with spray paint. Yeah. Like graffiti. Yeah. The graffiti. They're like, this like is graffiti. our tag and they're putting yeah. their tag in, uh, in, in England. <laughs> I could be all of the above. And and of course, (laughs) we don't absolutely know. We can kind of guess at the motivations. But um, 
it does seem like whoever or whatever this intelligence is, whether it's specific extraterrestrials in specific ships or some other uh, maybe wider intelligence uh, coming anyway does does have intelligence that, that that is absolutely for sure you can just tell by the patterns but um i think they're trying to educate us i think they're trying to wake us up Alert to us, realize yeah. there's a lot more than what most of us humans have considered as part of reality and um there are many beings out there who would really like to see human beings go through the ascension process, which more and more people are talking about these days. And that is evolving in consciousness so that we don't have to live with the wars and the murders and the crimes and the greed and the drug addictions and, you know, some of the really unfortunate Definitely. things that we've got going on here and that we can be, live in a more harmonious way with each other and a, a higher sense of spirituality. I, yeah, I agree. I think uh, we do need to be enlightened as a species. In fact, I think we should just so we can get into the Galactic Federation. I feel like we're missing out on the party here. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah we are. Yeah, we are. There's a lot going on that we don't even know about. So, Barbara, we, we um, I know we're, we've gone on a little bit long, but I want to talk to you about how can our listeners book a hypnotic regression session with you? Can they do that through your website? Yes, that's the best way, really, for somebody who doesn't already know me. The website is barbaralamregressions.com. And on that website, oh, there's quite a quite a number of different things, including the books. I've written four books now, and I'm thinking about doing an, a fifth, but I just don't have time yet for that. But anyway, there are four books that get, can be ordered really easily uh, on, from the website. I get the information, and I send them out, and I sign them and write a little message to them, which some people really like. Um, also, uh, that's a good way to book a regression, that you type a message like you would type in the email, and it comes to my email, and I answer it on email. We begin there, and then we uh, give information about the sessions and the cost, and that we can do them in person in San Diego, or we can do them online on Zoom or Skype or FaceTime. I've done very, very successfully on those different media. So no matter where a person is, even in another country, uh, they can have a regression with me if they would wish to. Oh, that's, so that's, that's great. Good. Thank goodness for technology. Yeah. <laughs> do you do a do you have a screening process or will you regress anyone? Well, I kind of have a sense of getting to know them a little bit before we actually set the session. And usually they'll tell me what their concerns are that they would like to find answers for mm -hmm. in the regression. And um, I have not had um, anybody come who whom I wouldn't want to work with. Uh, I mean, people, people who've come, and there have been thousands of them, literally thousands, um, that they all seem to be very decent 
human beings, decent people. And I've never had one person come who who was not a very decent person, sincerely interested in what they were coming to find out about. All right. So it's people, you can go people. You can go to barbaralamregressions.com and I'll post a link to the website. And uh, yeah, you could book your own uh, hypnotic regression session and also go buy a, a copy of one of Barbara's books, signed copy, if, if you'd like. Barbara, thanks for being on the show. It's been it's been a pleasure Thank chatting you. with you. And um, oh, welcome. Yeah, next next time you do a crop circle expedition in the UK, maybe Kay Rambo can join you because she's already I'd love there. to come. Yeah. <laughs> yes, That'd that be would wonderful. be wonderful. Well, I did leave tours, crop circle tours for many years, uh, but they were all Americans who came on the tours, with one exception. There were a couple of uh, one or two. Uh, English people who came on them, but mostly Americans who uh, were interested in the crop circles and they just didn't know where to go or how to find one or where to stay or where to eat or anything. And and that country in Southern England is so lovely. Oh, yeah. County, rolling hills and beautiful fields. And it's absolutely Heavenly, heaven. I always considered it heaven on earth. Wiltshire, yeah, Wiltshire <laughs> is very nice. Yeah. Well, Barbara, yeah. thanks, thanks again for being on the show. It's been great chatting with you. Thank, Thank you. you. Great pleasure for me as well. What an interesting lady. She is so sweet. I'm kind of, I kind of want to go for a regression now. Not necessarily because I believe I have alien hybrid children or anything, but I'd just be very interested because I used to see people in my bedroom when I was younger. You know, if you are serious about it, I will pay for the session out of the Patreon money and we can like we'll record it or it whatever. Patreon. Yeah, we'll put it up on the Patreon. Yeah, and then maybe we can I talk about it, it on the show. I, you know, I would, she was such a cool lady. I would be very interested to see if it would work on you. Cause I, I feel like hypnosis in general works on a particular type of person, someone who's open to suggestion. Because I've I've had it done to me before and it didn't work at all. And I think maybe, yeah. like, I don't know, maybe it just didn't, it didn't work on me. Or I'm, I think I'm very cynical. I think I'm too cynical for hypnosis to work. You, you know, know, when I was quitting smoking, I used to put the, um, the hypnosis videos up on YouTube and I would fall asleep to them. And like, I quit smoking cold turkey after like, what, a long time, nearly 20, over nearly 20 years on and off. You know, maybe it would work. You know, uh, I remember, and I've talked about this on the show years ago for uh, uh, Sarah Kessler's, um, I think it was her 30th. We went to Las Vegas and went and saw an erotic hypnotist. And he was going around. And I remember my girlfriend at the time was really nervous. She's like, this would totally work on me. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to do it. And uh, he came around to me and he could tell, like, he was like, it's not going to work on me. But Big Chair got up on stage and he did hilarious things. That guy made him do hilarious things. And so yeah, I'm scared of that. I'm wondering if, if that would work on you. But let's start small. Let's go with Barbara first. Let's let's do a hypnotic regression session and find out what happened to all those aborted fetuses. I really want her to come back to I England space and kids. I will totally go crop circle hunting with her. She's I hope so you're. Lovely. I hope you're impregnated by Alf. I think it'd be kind of cruel. Again, for the millionth time, I don't like Alf. <laughs> and if Alf came near me, I'm sorry, Barbara, if you're listening, I would beat Alf to death with a stick. The same I would with E.T. because I find E.T. very creepy. I, I don't know. I, I just think your offspring with Alf would be something I'd like to you know raise. 
Well, I love cats and I would never hurt an animal. <laughs> anyway, I'm not having it. <laughs> people go go check out uh, uh Barbara's website, barbaralamregression.com. I'll post a link uh on on uh, on the sick and wrong uh, website. Uh, this episode 859 here is sick and wrong. We got uh, some phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032. Um but first, here's a brief message from Adam and Eve. Hey guys. It's me, Stephen. I'm a huge fan of your show. Thanks to your awesome coupon code, Diddle, I can buy myself loads of good sex toys. Since both of my wives died, and my look Eric's disease got pretty bad. Let's just say things in the bedroom got pretty boring. But thanks to adamandeve.com and coupon code Diddle, D-I-D-D-L-E. I am now a new man. Thanks. So we got a few phone calls to get to here. 323-522-4032 is that number. Um... A couple of these calls I've had for a little while. Uh, this first one, though, is uh, directed towards uh, you, Kate. For me yeah. and Chi-Chi. Not for Chi-Chi. For you. What? I wish somebody would ring in for Chi-Chi. He gets ever so lonely. I don't think anyone really cares about our animals. I think people care more for Chi-Chi than Caliban, who is highly annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Caliban's very annoying. Um, Chi-Chi's yeah, I couldn't imagine angel. anybody really caring about Caliban. That's the most absurd message I've ever heard. Hi, I'm calling the drunk dial line because I've had three quarters of a large glass, tall glass of gin and tonic on top of some weed at the end of a oh, bad day. I just jealous. smoking some weed and three quarters of a tall glass of gin and tonic. I am at the absolute moody stage of sobriety at this point. And you're very pleasant to deal with, may I add. The, the moodiness is coming. It was predicted, uh, but I got it a week later. Usually people experience it in their second week, but mine is here. It's because, like, the sugar has now left my body officially. So it's a sugar depletion that's causing your sugar serviness. depletion. It's a calorie depletion. And then I realized why I drink. I realized why I drink so heavily and so much. It's because I hate my life, and I kind of want to die. And that's why I drink. <laughs> Wow, you're sounding more and more like Harrison every day. Huh? You're sounding sound more like and more Harrison. like Harrison every day. You should take up heroin as a hobby. So if you are if you quit drinking, can you still do heroin? Uh, well, I'm going to take it up. <laughs> it's fine next week. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, good. I think there's like, it, I kind of feel like our hosts are a lot like uh, Spinal Tap drummers. <laughs> we just keep going uh, through them and they just kind of die in mysterious ways, mostly involving uh, heroin. There is a fan theory on the Discord that actually uh, all the hosts have we are the same person. We just regenerate into a new form each time. So I am Wackily and I am Harrison. I'm just the new form. And when I uh, die, there will be a new one of me. Are you saying Harrison like transitioned Runner. into you? I, I have Harrison and Wackily inside of me <laughs> right now. That's an interesting fan theory. I wish there was some fan fiction written about it. Um, Get on it, right. Discord. 
wanted to let uh, Kate Rambo, um, Simon, oh my God, uh, know that I <laughs> no, am watching. Not, I'm not having any man last name. Yeah, you're not taking my surname. Actually, not, keeping... your real surname's way cooler than mine. Yeah, my real last surname is fucking Viking. I'm not getting rid of it. Yeah, mine, yeah mine's rather generic. Uh, YouTube right now. I was just watching a documentary on, um, I don't know, the werewolves movement in Germany at, at the end of World War II. So I watch oh, yeah. everything on this damn show, on this damn channel. Anyway, I just wanted to say hi. What channel? Uh, maybe like a, I know Mark Felton, he did a World War II thing about the werewolves. But I mean, it's a, it's a known thing. Hitler's it's a known werewolves. thing. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's a, a rather fascinating uh, channel. Whatever she's watching, yeah. Maybe yeah, it was I'm Mark Felton. Him. He's dry, but I watch him. I get drunk and watch him. Uh, who's the guy that does the uh, the rations? Steve MRE. Steve MRE. He hasn't posted in so long, but summer is his busy period, so he doesn't really post anything in the summer. When you say busy, is he out there just collecting rations? No, he's he he has a job. He does his job. He's What's a landscaper. Oh, he's a landscaper. So he's working all summer. Yeah. And then winter, Getting he's off and, and he does his uh his his vidcast. No doubt he is eating rations. He, eat ration, he eats rations every week and he films them. He just doesn't upload them. He's not that type of person. Oh, so he doesn't do it on a consistent basis. But you can watch no. the old ones. Still have the, uh, the, the same effect, right? I've watched all of his videos probably at least 100 times each. Hmm. Yeah, we want to know what, uh, what channel this is, YouTube watcher. Hi. I'm sorry you had to go through all the fumigation, but, you know, D is like, I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, I just wanted to say hello. Bye. Wait, is she talking about the laborious process it takes for you to de-louse a house after you have a Jew in your house? Is, is that what I she's think she was. I, I really like this woman's sense of humor. <laughs> she's got like, it. She had to she like fumigate. It's like having bed bugs. Got to like cover been, the house in a tent. I've gone even further. I've been on such a cleaning kick. I've been cleaning everything that necessarily hasn't been cleaned in years. Are you still finding my pubic hair everywhere? Your, I can't tell if it's your pubic hair or your head hair because they're like the same texture. It's like a fleece. It is like a, a sheep came into a room and shook itself off. But no, I haven't found one this week. But I did find one randomly on like a t on like the top of my tile on a ceil on the ceiling in my bathroom. Oh, you'll find them in the weirdest places, believe me. <laughs> I was pulling out pubic hair every day for like a good 20 minutes and just hiding it around the house like a little house elf. I have been thinking, what if I find that fucking belly button? But I also, if I do find the belly button, do you know where it's going to go? In, in the your bin. vagina? I'm just going to stop the game and throw it in the bin. So Vicky and your sister should have done. I'll just throw it in the bin. <laughs> you know, I forgot about that. I didn't even bring the belly button with me. Weren't we going to get it cast in like resin or bronze to give to your sister? I still want to do that, actually. Um, you know, a friend of mine does that. He makes his own. Uh, John, my friend John has stayed here, makes his own toys. And he said he could make a cube of resin with the, with the, with the puppic. That's, what, the that's what we Jews call it. The puppic. I, I think they should make a horror film about a puppic. It sounds puppic? like something dewy that would chase you. I, I could see that. I mean, especially if it's an Audi. I'm scared of those. Um, I love how I, I titled this call, A Woman Watches YouTube. 
me <laughs> every <laughs> day watches youtube yeah it's it's like a yeah. it's very artistic well thank you uh woman who watches woman YouTube. who watches youtube <laughs> yeah we would like to know what other youtubes have you been watching lately yeah, I, I am always on the hunt for new YouTubes. Don't, but no one like suggests to me the women who put makeup on and talk about true crime. That drives me to like, I want to kill th- those people. Like what's what she called Bailey Serena or whatever. Oh my god. What's that one? It's like, like wine and true crime. What, what's you know the one? I'm That's talking a podcast. About? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, love I also that hate one. them. Listen to it every day. What you do? I'm lying. I never listen to that. I, I don't listen to any podcasts. I do. I like um, it. Yeah, but I that one in particular podcasts. really grinds my gears. You know, don't podcasts. Like no, that one. That wine and wine and dine. Oh my god! Right. Oh, see, this is the thing with like podcasts and true crime YouTube channels. At the end of the day, we're all shoveling the same shit, but they like to think that they're holier than thou. Like, oh, boohoo, the victims, blah 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 blah. And then they're not even sat there reporting the facts. Like they're just reading off Wikipedia and they would never say, and then Ian Brady stuck his dick in the little boy's mouth. They would never say that because they're going to get demonetized. So they're pretending they're morally correct when really they're morally lower than me for saying that Ian Brady stuck his dick in the little boy's mouth. Well, I think they could, I, I think they could feel they're morally correct because they have tens of thousands of listeners, which, uh, um, isn't really the case with us. So maybe maybe they're you know maybe they're well, doing doing something right. We do have tens of thousands of very sexy and good-looking listeners who like to who don't fucking need things sugar-coated to them, and that's what I like. <laughs> I think that's why we'll be virtually unknown for the duration of this podcast. No, I am wondering how much longer it will last, but I, I'm thinking because we don't sugarcoat things, chance. because we don't do quote-unquote ethical true crime. Because we actually like tell a story that's engaging and violent and as because horrific as the happens. crime itself. Exactly. But yeah. you know what, though? People don't want to hear that. Middle-aged women that don't want to, don't, don't want to hear that. People who listen to fucking last dicks on the left, they don't want to hear right. that. Can I point out that, D, I'm technically middle-aged. I'm approaching my 40s. I am a middle-aged woman. I, you know, I, that's the type of true crime I like. When I buy a true crime book, I'm expecting to read facts. I'm not expecting to read a sanitized version where a person's written it down on Wikipedia. I think, And that's for... what people on YouTube want. And do you know what? Those people aren't engaging with those videos. Yeah, they're subscribed. They're watching them. But ultimately, they're watching a woman put on makeup. They're not watching like art, like what Deadbook puts out. They're just watching some fucking chick put on makeup and be like, oh, isn't this a great color? I got it from Smashbox. Anyways, um... then he rode into the town. Like, it's just ridiculous. I think that's what's popular. Maybe we should change our <laughs> format. And oh, you should stop putting on makeup. Who watches YouTube will watch us on YouTube talking about makeup. I'm so, I'm so All nasty. right, next call um, we have here is from good old Tom Jones. I don't remember the last time we heard from him. What was his other name? His uh, crack, crack guy, crack wheat. Crackhead? Jimmy Cratch Corner, and I, no, don't I don't care. Know. No, I think it's. I think we're. I like calling him Tom Jones. So uh, I like to check in just... with Tom Jones every now and then. So he, here, here's good old Tom Jones. Okay. Hey, you like the? I like it. Is the Welsh guy you, aka Tom Jones, or whatever it is, you guys decide to fucking call me? Um, yeah. So I was gonna ring in um, about a story where I smoked DMT, but. 
I think I'd rather tell the story about how I witnessed a woman disembowel herself. So, way back when... Wait, while you were on DMT or sober? Because that would be uh, traumatic. It's going to be traumatic either way, but I'm in the mood to hear a really gnarly story story right now. This is what happens when Kate doesn't drink. No, (laughs) No beer, no TV makes Kate something something. Well, I was having a nap, and in my nap, my dream was that there was like this just kind of like older man, not your age, older. He had a white mustache, white hair, and he had on um, a free free piece suit, including Colonel Sanders. He was on the ground, and I was above him with a metal baseball bat, and I just hit his skull until I obliterated his skull, and that was my dream. Yeah, that that's weird. I think you should have a beer, personally. I think I need to get some tension. <laughs> I used to work in secure hospitals, mental health hospitals. And um, to cut the long story short, I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of things. There was this uh, woman there on this ward who used to love swallowing things. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and more often than not, she'd swallow something, she'd pass it, all well and good. Have you ever heard of that condition? It's called pica. Pika, pika, pika. I think pica? it's pronounced pika. Well, at least that's Peter how they Piper picked a pika pika. You're all you're all about the nursery rhymes today. That's what happens when you're sober. Um, what no, is pica. Jimmy Cracked Conan? I don't care. A nursery rhyme. Uh, yeah, I think so. I thought um, that was just like a song from the south <laughs> that they would sing while they were out in the like cornfield. I think it's a song that kids sing. You know, it's it's not one over here. I only know it from like American like pop culture well pika they they pick anything up off off the ground i remember i have i have a friend named mia who i met her through lenora and at first i was like oh this girl's really really kind of hot she's like japanese and uh i met her at like this art gallery and i was she's tiny though i mean she's really tiny like not even i think she's like 411 um but i was chatting with her and she started telling me like i have pika and this was in like the first five to 10 minutes of meeting her. I was like, what's that? And she's like, I just have a compulsion to put anything I find on the ground in my mouth. And I was like, Is- and so I just started asking her like, like, uh, like a dead bird. She's like a piece of the dead bird. Yes. Does it always have to be something off the ground, or is it not just that they want to put anything inside their mouth? For her, it was off the ground. Like, she'd walk by, and she said she'd get anxiety if she didn't pick up that penny and put it in her mouth. Right. Or a, she was really into teeth. So if she found a tooth on the ground, it's going right in her mouth. <laughs> I know. It was like after she was telling me this, I was like, I got to go over there and get a drink. And then I just, uh, yeah, ran away. Now we became like, pretty good friends. To... She was actually, she's what? actually super cool. She was in a, a great band, really cool, um, cool person. Mia. Yeah, but what cortex of your brain, like what which like of your synapses is not working where you look at like vomit on the ground and you're like, I'm going to have to eat that. It's like a dog. Yep. I'm, I'm going to have to eat that. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was even asking her about like, what about like a used tampon? She's like, I would feel like I'd ha- have to put the string in my mouth. I was like, she goes, but I'd know better than to, you know, just because it's toxic. But she said she had been to the hospital a few times for swallowing different things. I bet when the urge was too much, maybe when she was like a kid or something before she learned how to kind of like control it. I don't know, but it's it's disgusting. It's a very strange disease. 
But this one particular day, through staff negligence, I have no idea how she fucking managed it. She managed to swallow the batteries out of a remote control, a clipper mm-hmm. like that, and um, there was someone else as well. It was something else, so I can't remember what it was. But anyway, she had to leave this hospital and go to a general hospital to have these things removed. So she gets taken to the normal hospital, goes into theatre as an operation, as these things removed. I wonder if the doctors are just like, oh, great, it's you again. Hi, Sybil. What did you swallow this time? I mean, I've got to say, her swallowing skills are pretty fucking effective. She'd probably be really good at blowjobs. I'd be scared that she would, like, bite something off and then swallow it. You know how big a clipper lighter is? I couldn't swallow a clipper lighter. Is that like a Zippo? No, it's bigger than a... It's like a regular-sized lighter, but it's fatter. Clipper lighters are always the best because you can take the flint out. And, like, they're really good for packing joints. You used to always have a clipper lighter. Hmm, and she joints. swallowed that whole thing. That's insane. Yeah. And, like, even like even swallowing a battery is pretty hardcore. You know, I met a emergency room doctor in San Francisco. And they used to have the same repeat, I don't want to say clients, but patients that came in with things in their ass. And it was just, like, oh, the yeah. same dudes. They'd come in and be like, okay, bend over. Just It was a thing. He, I thought that they were getting off just getting the thing extracted from their anus. Like, that's what was doing it for them. Yeah, it'll be part of it for sure. Ugh. So then, you know, it was the next day as I walk up for my shift. She goes, right, Tom, fuck off down to the hospital. See this woman. You need to be there when she wakes up. Wait, wait. So this is when he was, he must have been working at the hospital then, right? Yeah, and that's really nice that they've said, let's send Tom Jones to the local hospital to go and sing for all the nuts that are there who have swallowed things. He's, he's quite like, the philanthropist, Canu. though. I'll take you know? the bulge there. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, he's, a, he's, I'm he's a humanitarian, that Tom Jones. So I go down there, turned up, went on to the, um, went on to the, the uh, recovery unit, and she's as a long woken up from anesthetic, maybe woke up an hour before. And she has a wound on her stomach and has all been dressed uh, and whatnot. And she wakes up and she's all okay and good and talking to me. And then as time goes on and she starts getting fucking bored, starts getting a bit more loopy. And she ripped off her dressing, literally put her hand into her abdomen and started pulling shit out. And then, like intestines, yeah, this is like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or a Vietnam War story at this point. I mean, she's like an insane schizophrenic, like that's crazy. Like, I wonder if, like, what so was your so was he like an orderly there or something? Right, if I was him, like, I've got to take my hat off to everyone who's in healthcare because I do not have the patience for it. Because if that had been me, I'd have just been like, I'm like, three hours into my fucking shift, you fucking cunt. Like I was just about to go for a cup of coffee, and now, now, now I've got to deal with this because of fucking you. I would, I would have been just, yeah, I would have been quite for Clint as a doctor who just spent what the past three hours stitching this woman up, and now she's just ripped it apart and pulled out all her intestines, and I got to do the whole thing again. Yeah, I would. Have been I don't like, mean Fuck a doctor. You. I mean Tom Jones. 
There's no way I could have done that job and like just been nice to her afterwards. Well, now I'd Tom Jones been, like, has to like. Dick. Well, Tom Jones has to wrestle her and put a straight jacket on her. <laughs> Somehow, with her guts hanging out. That's what I'm saying. It's like a war story. Ugh. Yeah, that's gnarly. She pulled out parts of her intestine, bled everywhere, and fucking died in front of me. Oh, and um, oh. that's one of my many, many stories for working. Well, now you don't have to deal with it anymore, so I think it's kind of a win, you know? Yeah, you'll get to go home early that day. I mean, it's horrific, and you could, yeah, you could ride the uh, the, the, the trauma ticket. So, you know, I would probably stay home for like a week after seeing something like that, at least. Oh, yeah, the PTSD from work. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it works like that. They'd be like, stop being such a fanny. Get back into work. Well, they'd be like, you signed up for this, so come on. Um, but yeah. yeah, I wonder Hats if off to him. I wonder how many of the doctors and nurses were there. Like, yeah, that's horrific, and I, you know, I feel bad for her family. But oh god, what a relief! We have to deal with that fucking psycho again. Well, I mean, I don't think there's many doctors like that because the doctors and the nurses who are like that are the ones who end up being angels of death. <laughs> they're Just usually like you know there misery. to keep you alive. Well, I think there's some that 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 put them out of their misery, but this woman, I think. Um, I think it goes without saying she had a death wish. Yeah. Mental health. So um, next time, I'll probably ring up with, I don't know, a drug story, a mental health story. Um, yeah. Anyway, to that. Oh, I, I, one more thing. Kate, I hope he's been right to in America. Any shit of him, love, tell Tom Jones. He'll come on to sort the fucker out. To that both. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. Okay. What do you say at the end? I kind of missed that. Tom Jones has my back, is what he was saying. Oh, okay, any, all right. Any shit you give me, Tom Jones, I'll come over and sort you out. <laughs> Tom Jones just threatened you. Hey, I, I, I am intimidated by Tom Jones. Don't get me wrong. I can't right. my ass. I have told the story about how Tom Jones doesn't have the big bulge, the real Tom Jones. Because Mamie Van Doren, this is a part in her book, said she was so excited to sleep with Dom Tom Jones because, you know, obviously he's got such a huge fucking package. And she shagged everyone in Hollywood by this point. And she gets him into bed and she's like taking out, like trying to take off his trousers. And he's like, I'll just be back in a minute. And he went in the bathroom and came out and his bulge was gone. So wait, what is it? Like a cucumber wrapped in tinfoil? Yeah. That's, that's what they <laughs> use like that. It's probably pants. just a pair of socks. <laughs> she was so upset. She was just like, Mamie was like, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> she was so just looking shattering forward to the illusion for every, all the Tom Jones fans out there, all the women who just, you know, get wet hearing the croons, the crooning voice of Tom Jones. Great voice. He also shocked Priscilla. Did he? Yeah. It's not, it's not unusual to shove a cucumber in your crotch. It's not. Is <laughs> Believe it me, for it's you? not. <laughs> Is that why you hey, went to hospital last time? <laughs> Tom, yeah, for uh, I had to get it extracted, if you know what I mean. Uh, Tom Jones, I want to hear some more stories of the the mentalist hospital. Some, uh, come on, the picnic at Arkham. I want to hear about this. <laughs> it's you dark. know, yeah, it's like I like uh, his did, drug stories as well. I, I do like the drug stories, and it's been a while. I actually, I like his shagging stories too. I like his stories in general. So give us a call. In fact, everybody give us a call. I need some more phone calls. We're running short these days. 323-522-4032 is that number. Or you can even email the show at, at uh, sickandwrongpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we do appreciate it. And I'm, I'm trying to build up a backlog, so um, so not to like bitch at everybody to sending calls. Um, once again, I want to thank everybody who support the show on Patreon. 
uh, rough month last month in August. Um, well, I mean, times are tough now. It's especially tough. Especially for like, what Britain's about to fucking face. So to everyone who totally supports us by listening, yeah. telling people about the show, just doing all of that shit, you're, you're, you're doing a good You're work. helping us Thank out. You. Keeping us going. Um, but we do appreciate the support. Uh, Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Um, also, there is a Tee Public uh, uh, sale going on right now. I think all the shirts are 13 bucks and... I think there's other things discounted as well. Uh, the, you know uh, who got one of the uh, Make a Bosch and Greet Again shirts? Who? My um, Claudia. Oh, Claudia got one. Nice. On the, yeah, who's been on the Patreon? She was wearing it. She's been wearing it about town? Um, I can't think of a better compliment for the show than a hot fish like Claudia rocking around in a sick of wrong t-shirt. Claudia, you got to take a picture and send it to me so I can post it on Instagram. Plus... I can promote it and have the sales rep stop bothering me. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my I god, she she messaged me today. There's like, a sale on. You got those samples, right? Because she sent me this. She because I, I got one for uh, my sister's kid, Ozzy, my nephew, and I uh, got to make abortion great again. Tea, but I haven't been up there yet because I haven't had the chance to go to San Francisco. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I got them. I I got them. I haven't done anything with them. They're in my closet right now on the floor. Okay, and so, so she's just like, well. When are you going to promote them? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to promote them. Sometime. Leave me alone. Does she, does she keep up with your social media? You could just, why don't you just lie to her and be like, I've done it already? No, I think she, she follows. She comments on, or doesn't comment, but she likes pictures if we post it with anything about Tee Public. Oh, oh yeah. my God. She's devoted to her job. But anyway, she's, if I post a yeah. picture of Claudia, who's, uh, who's hot, wearing a Make America or Make Abortion Great Again, not a Make America Great Again, don't wear a MAGA, MAGA tee. But we're my MAGA tea. Make abortion great again. Um, if I post that, I think she'll definitely give me a thumbs up. Yeah, so, please uh, do, Claudia. Yeah. you're hot. <laughs> um, just go to uh, stickerrunpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope. We have a lot more merch on there than just, uh, than, than, than just the uh, Make Abortion Great Again tea. We also have a Stinkor shirt, which uh, <laughs> I actually got for JoJo. I'm gonna give him to the give it give it to him this weekend when we go hit the rainbow. I hope he wears it. Oh yeah, no, you should make him wear it for the show. So, hey, well, you've got to because this tea public chick is on. Yeah, your yeah, ass. I think uh, say pics of pics of uh, Joe with the the rainbow's backyard bash uh, with the stinkor shirt. I think would be kind of cool. Amazing. Uh, finally, here's Sigrong's song of the week. I want to pick something thematic. I don't know how many people know the story of Jim Sullivan. Um, I only started listening to him like. I don't know, like 10 years ago, I think I found out about this guy. But uh, we're going to end the show with one of his songs called UFO. Obviously, it's uh, appropriate. Um, but it's a weird story about this, this guy. So in 1975, he was an up-and-coming country singer um, in, in Southern California. I don't know if he's from San Diego or Los Angeles. But he left L.A. and he was driving out through New Mexico and Texas on his way to uh, Nashville to uh, record a new album. And just two days after he left, he disappeared. But his Volkswagen bug, all of his belongings were found abandoned in Santa Rosa, New Mexico. And yeah, no one really knew what happened. So it's weird. The guy released an album called UFO and he disappears in New Mexico, which has a lot of history of UFO abductions and things like that. Publicity stunt. It's, maybe, I don't know. I mean, no one ever saw him again. He was never hurt. Maybe he killed himself. Who knows what happened? 
They say like, never saw him, but I bet it would be easy to just move to another fucking town and change your name. I mean, it's not difficult. Jim, yeah, I was Jim Sullivan. Now I'm James Sullivan. Yeah, but it's weird because I mean, his career was actually going somewhere at this point. So why leave it behind? Was he going through a messy divorce or something? Did he kill his I ex-wife? Mean, think of how many country singers there were in the 50s and 60s you couldn't swing a stick without hitting hundreds of them he was one of many you can say yeah his career was going up somewhere but like so was Sanford Clark's and how many people know who Sanford Clark is do you know what I mean I don't know he was fascinated by the concept of aliens so people people think that he might have been abducted anyway we're gonna end the show here with uh with the song UFO by Jim Sullivan from his uh his album UFO uh, people will be back next week with episode 860. Till then, take it sleazy. Chicken like a leaf on the desert heat. His daddy's got a bang that's so hard to beat. I bought me a ticket, got a front row seat. I'm checking out the show. With a glassy eye Looking at the sun Dancing through the sky Did he come By UFO A lot of tricks are full In the book I read Only man I know that got up from the dead A lot of people living By the words that he said I'm checking out the show With a glassy eye Looking at the sun dancing through the sky Did he come by UFO? Think he'll ever come up in a different way Maybe he is coming all out of the way Too much goodness is a sin today I'm checking out the show With a glassy eye Looking at the sun dancing through the sky Did he come by UFO? some of my favorite aliens. There's thousands of races of space aliens. I like the uh, Palladians, the Articulars, the Manusians. They have a, a life form that lives on the sun. They are beings that have gasoline in them. 
And when they walk on earth, their feet burn everything, and they're called the sun people, and they live on the, uh, they're from the sun.